The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. What a great week we've had, huh, Danny? Two huge episodes back-to-back, Sean Baca and Michael Graves coming on. So much fun with those guys. Really excited for what we got going today, though, huh? Man, how do we keep getting these great guests? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Luck. Luck, because it's not skill. Anyways, we are graced with the presence of Ron from Hypermax. How's it going today, Ron? Oh, it's going great. Friday before Memorial Day, what else could be better? You said it, man. I am looking forward to a three-day weekend. I hear you. I am going to do something reckless. I'm not sure what yet, but... There will be a story. (laughs) Ron, we brought you on the episode today because we've done a lot of podcasts now on some of the six liter power strokes. We've done them on pretty much every slice of Duramax or Cummins we could think of. We've always kind of ignored the 7.3 except to make fun of mine. And Danny had the idea, why don't we find somebody who actually likes 7.3s and knows something about them and have them on? So, of course, Hypermax came up. Now that that's really because I think you guys have one of the biggest names in the industry as far as 7.3s go. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your history in the diesel performance market? Uh, I've worked in Hypermax for about 20 years and uh, started out working there on the 7.3 Power Stroke engine. Uh, it's really amazing engine, to, to tell you the truth, with all the way that it's built uh, and uh, the way it runs, starts clean, everything like that. Good diesel, you know, makes good power. And uh, it can go from mild to wild, whatever guys want to do with it. It just costs money. Yeah, yeah, that's a bold statement. (laughs) Yeah, 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 okay. Uh (laughs) All right. um, Catch us up, man. Why don't we start at the beginning? If we're going to talk 7.3s, tell me a little bit. This is where it started, Paul. I mean, you got to understand, they started plugging chips into the back of the ECMs. Is that right, Ron? Well, actually, before that, we actually had the modules. We would split in half and solder special boards in them. (laughs) And that's how we started out making them. And as computer technology improved then they had we made chips that could plug in the back and that made so you didn't have to solder the boards oh that sounds so much easier yeah yeah Yeah, we started out buying the boards from you know the the computer module from ford and then we'd modify them we'd sell them to customers and they had the choice of either returning their original module or keeping both so going to the chips definitely made things a lot nicer (laughs) yeah because then you could just sell it and away it went that's awesome. And this is when we used to actually chip vehicles. Yeah, that's where the term comes from, yep, right? right? Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, we still sell the original chip we made for those trucks. Do you really? Yep, it's still a good seller for us. No kidding. Yeah. And they're effective. Well, it's a, what's nice about is that new trucks are so expensive that people can actually put money in their older trucks and enjoy them. This is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're happy to sponsor the podcast because we believe knowledge is power. Everyone in the diesel performance aftermarket needs accurate, fact-based information to get the most out of their truck, you included. So be sure to check out calibratedpower.com or duramaxtuner.com for reliable info that you can count on. And if you'd like to talk to us, give us a call, 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Back to the podcast. What does somebody get out of a chip? Tune out of a 7.3? Um, usually, well, the thing is, there's basically two different power stroke trucks. There's the 94 to 97 truck, which is the they call the old body style, and that had the turbo intercool, a turbo without an intercooler. That truck with a chip, you basically get, you know, uh, or that truck, I should say, from the factory was rated about 215 horsepower. So the, the chip we sell would bump that truck up to about 300. Wow. Yeah. Then the 99 to 2003 truck had had an intercooler and different injectors and that truck from the factory they said was only rated at they said it was rated at 250 we only died on them at really more about the 225 
and you put a chip on that, and it would bring that up to 300. But that had bigger injectors in it, so we could actually make what we called in the beginning was the hot rod chip for the race trucks, which, of course, turned into the regular street truck because who wanted a regular mild truck? They all want to hot them up, so <laughs> they would go up to 330 horsepower. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Stock LB7 territory. But you got to yeah. bear in mind, this is back in, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And then every year after that, the manufacturers kept on making, you know, 30 or 50 horsepower jumps each year. And so, like, what is it now? 2016, you get uh, these trucks make pretty good power right out of the box. Yeah, they're all 350 yeah. to 400. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything brand new right now. And then we had a guy on our show just almost hit 2,500 horse a couple episodes ago. Yeah, uh, with nitrous. 12 valve, yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I said the, said the wrong guy. Played six, Thank seven. you. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're played six, seven. How many? Yes. We've had a with, lot of episodes. Sorry. With, yeah. with nitrous or was that fuel only? With nitrous. Okay. With nitrous. Yeah, ultimate call-out challenge. Sean Baca uh, won the challenge for the for the horsepower okay. portion of it. Uh, with the uh, 2472 was his horsepower. Okay. And yeah, that was a 5.9 with deck plated 6.7. Yeah. Um, Okay, but the 7.3 is totally different than the world that Danny and I are from of common rail injection. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a good place to start to kind of start explaining how a 7.3 works. Can you walk me through the fuel system a little bit? Sure. The 7.3 is actually is a, called a, a Huey system, H-E-U-I, hydraulically actuated electronic controlled unit injector. So the traditional systems were an injection pump with that and injection lines and injectors. The Huey system, all that's in one unit. So okay. that it's electronically actuated through the computer system. And then there's a low pressure oil pump that supplies to the, you know, cam to the bearings and lubrication for the engine, as well it goes up to a, a high pressure oil pump. That high pressure oil pump then drives the injectors. So when a cylinder goes to fire, it fires a solenoid. The high pressure oil is there based off of RPM. And then that fires moves the plunger and barrel through that pushes diesel fuel in through a nozzle, which makes your plume spray that you're used to seeing in the cylinder. Okay. So basically it's um, oil pressure um, driven injectors. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So so from the, the first thing that you would notice from having the older 7.3 IDI, which was an indirect injected engine to this power stroke, which came out in 90. So you wonder 94 – Early 94 to June, they had the IDI. Right. Then they get the power stroke in 94 and a half on, so two totally different engines. Really? And right off the bat, you could tell what the power stroke made way more power and way better fuel economy. And so in the world of truck stuff, that's like a winner both ways. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. What more could you ask yeah, for right. truck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And that Huey injection went all the way up until 07, until the 6 liter? Well, this, they in the these particular injectors, the 7.3s, were used to, through 03. Then in 04, 05, 06, 07, and 08, they had a different style Huey injector. Right. Similar principles, but they're two totally different injectors. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Okay. What were the advantages at the time of going to that? Was it was it the, the result? Yeah, the I mean the fuel economy. I mean you can the your, the injection pump system is worse is work works off of a camshaft driven by the by the engine. Right. And then that moves plungers or barrels inside of it and because you have the time of the ramping up and down and stuff and then you got to charge this line which is you've seen the trucks some of them are short lines some of them are long lines and that that time frame then going to the end into the injector all that added up to some of the, 
you know, you, you can't make them go any better because you have the camshaft driving the plunger and barrel. Gotcha. Now, with the Huey system, your computer controlled. We all know how fast computers go. Right. So it can go on and off, on and off, just like that. Now you can make it longer, you can make it shorter. And of course, they've done a lot of magic in the computer so that truck can start up on cold weather, not smoke, and get good fuel mileage. That's and, cr- and then, of course, then we go and take those and figure out ways to make more fuel, right. play with electronics so they make more power. What is what is peak capacity for a stock injector? Like if, if I built everything else in the truck, how far could I take a stock injector? How much horsepower? Stock injectors are about 500 horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. That's mm-hmm. still pretty respectable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know the new stuff makes a lot more, maybe 100 horsepower, 140 horsepower more. But it's also 15, 25 year, 15 to 20 years newer, right? So Yeah, right. Well, it's amazing the advances they've made in technology. Yeah. And it would always be a cool thing is if that 7.3 came out with the stuff they have now. <laughs> it would be nice. Okay. Okay. How about the turbo system? Can you walk us through that? Well, it's basically the same thing as most other turbochargers. It's driven off the exhaust energy from the manifolds with some up pipes. And then there's, uh, you know, drives the exhaust wheel. That turns turns the compressor wheel, which is hooked up to the intake manifold. And then if they have intercoolers, then it goes through the intercooler to co- cool that charge air. How big is the turbo? Do you know? Uh, the tur- the stock turbo, I think, is a 2.2. I don't mess with the stock ones. It's the hot rod <laughs> ones we work on. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what do guys do for a turbo upgrade? Like, what are their options as far as getting into a stage one or stage two turbo? Well, of course, everybody's going to want to buy Hypermax H2 kit for their power stroke. Okay. And with that, they're going to get a you know, two and a half inch deucer wheel, uh, whole set turbo that we've dyno test. We develop all our stuff on the dyno. We have engine mounted dyno with a seven three that we've ran for umpteen million hours and all the <laughs> stuff tested everything and get stuff that we want to be able to use and make performance and something that we're proud of selling. And then when we get to that point, then we put in vehicles and we do our own vehicle evaluation. We tow trailers, drive around up and down streets and cross countries to make sure it's something that somebody's going to buy and they're going to be happy with it. And so our Hypermax H2, H2 kit, we call it, includes the new up pipes, turbo mount, turbocharger, oil and feed drains, air inlet pipe, intercooler pipes, and uh, intake crossover pipe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it's, so a, it's, it's, it's a, a full bone. It's a package. Yes. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Okay, awesome. Uh, what kind of horsepower capacity well, usually, does that have? If some, usually in the beginning, people were buying these turbo kits after they had modified their trucks. Okay. Because, I mean, here you have a new truck, new turbocharger. For the mo- new turbochargers, usually don't break. Right. Well, then as life goes on, people wear out their stock turbochargers, and they're looking for something else. Of course, they don't want to put a stock one on there. They always want a little bit more. So, yeah, that would be boring. Yeah. So on stock trucks, you, just by bolting the turbocharger on, it's 70 horsepower. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. okay At the rear wheel. Uh, well, this is all engine mounted. Okay, that's engine, what I thought. Yeah, all our stuff is engine dyno horsepower rating, so. That's all right. I mean, that's yeah. still, that's a significant bump. I mean, yeah. they are talking about Stell 64 territory for the LB7. So that's, I mean, that's right in line with a stage one upgrade. Right. And the, the thing is what, what the, the main shine of that turbocharger is really for towing performance. Really? You know, I mean, now the rate, we, we put them on trucks to go racing and stuff, but the main thing is for the towing performance. So where the stock turbocharger, you're driving along and you're like, wow, it just needs to be a little bit more. But it's not. Right. That's where the H2 shines in. Our kit works really good with the engine. And then when it's going along and you're pulling, it's like, wow, it's got the power now I want to pull with. So it's got real good mid-range power. And because the the whole set turbo 
frame itself is so much more efficient, it drops EGTs 200 degrees. Wow, really? Yeah, so you can pick up some mileage and stuff as well as performance. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, anytime you can drop EGTs out of a turbo, I'm always really happy with it. I know in pretty much anything we work with, we tell guys uh, turbo upgrades will leave your EGTs alone if it's a well-balanced turbo, if it's designed for the right application, but you're probably going to need twins to drop drop temps. So it's nice to hear that with these, they uh, they seem to respond a little bit better to some of those basic mods. Well, plus then guys buy bigger injectors and raise ET, EGTs right back up. Then, so. <laughs> Isn't that the game? It's How much can cycle. I get out of yeah, it? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you got the these older trucks with the E4OD trans. I'm sure you've heard all that. What do you guys do for transmission upgrades? Well, actually, we, we really didn't get involved in the transmission business. I mean, we sell some like a valve body kit, but mainly we try to, we don't work with the transmission just because it's not our main thing. We have okay. engine, like I said, we have the engine on the dyno and we can run stuff off regularly and it's just, uh, we work with some other trans- transmission manufacturers or modification people for people that want to do something. Luckily, the 7.3, for the most part, had a pretty stout transmission. Later on in life, they did some weird things with programming that more or less made the transmission not, let's say, happy. But the earlier trucks were pretty solid pieces. You could go take those stock automatic transmissions to 500 horsepower and not have troubles. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that is stout. Well, let's yeah. talk about, I mean, you're talking about um, injectors that are oil pressure-driven injectors. When people don't do their regular oil change maintenance, I mean, what kind of failures are you seeing? <laughs> <laughs> I love that word about maintenance, you know, because people bring trucks by the shop and you look at them and you're like, wow, this guy doesn't do anything. And I, and I look at my own vehicles and I'm like, like I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um it's the injectors need to get these because they're running oil pressure, the engine oil through them. They really need to keep up on their oil, oil and filter changes. The uh, 7.3, um, you know, since the oil is getting beat up by the high pressure oil pump, that's just harder on oil in general. So, and then it's a good, you know, and most people, I don't know, some people are real good about doing it and some people aren't. So, what happens with the injectors? It just, the biggest problem or the longest maintenance thing is that the injectors are machined a millionth clearance and over time that stuff gets bigger and bigger clearances so that it has leakage paths and that's what does those in it's not anything with the design it's just natural uh time maintenance of stuff that you have no control over so so if you own a seven three people change your oil you know what danny back off on telling me what to do don't just add oil like paul does freaking change (laughs) it the other thing what's interesting is as the air filters on the you know with turbocharged base engine is also the air filters because you know what happens when the air filters don't get changed and then stuff goes through them that compressor wheel doesn't usually win that battle yeah no kidding huh so i tell people maintenance goes a long way with filters 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 right i can't stress that enough Mm -hmm. i mean i just i pull it off I take the air gun at the shop. I blow it out. I put it back. It's cleaned. Yeah, no. Why am I going to buy another one? Yeah, I think you're better off buying another air filter. <laughs> well, because the old saying is like, pay me now or pay me later, a $20 air filter as opposed to a $2,800 turbocharger, you'd be kicking yourself. I mean, I'll be kicking something. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> kicking, I'll be kicking some more dents in that damn truck. <laughs> you guys are going to guilt me into taking care of it, man. I'm going to be real mad Well, the thing guys. of it is, we have a customer... That had a 99, and he's he he was stopped by the shop. It had 840,000 miles on it. He was still on the original engine. And he, the thing, 
And he, we were, happened to just put new injectors in there just because he's like, well, it's here. Let's, you know, it's running rough. Probably change that high pressure oil pump. And I asked him what everything else on the truck looked fairly nice. For 99, this was like probably been 2005. So it was only six years old. He drove back and forth from uh, Indiana to California three or four times a week campers. delivering campers. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm looking at the truck. I'm like, this thing doesn't really look like it's got 800,000 miles. I go, what wears out? And he goes, I'm on my third steering wheel. <laughs> so here the engine's still running. He's on his third steering wheel. And the brake pedals and everything that your feet could polish was yeah. polished inside. The, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the throttle pedal was like polished from his foot. And, yeah. you know, he de- and the seat was worn out and other things like that. But it was amazing that the engine was still running. And I, he still buys stuff from us. That truck, he sold it at a million three on it. Wow. Oh my. He sold yeah, it? Yeah, he sold it. And Who bought so, it? I know. <laughs> a local guy bought it from him, and uh, the, I had heard that that guy had got it up to a million five now or something like that. So, oh, my yeah. God. Then the oil mm-hmm. pan rusted. Yeah, well, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't keep up on all the maintenance stuff. It was just interesting when he came by the shop that that was uh, – you know, that the thing was still running. So so what are the he, weak points? I, I should point out to Danny, he was a big oil change freak and he was totally into this additive. You know, the oil oh, additive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody likes to call the snake oil. Yeah. And that's why he, <laughs> yeah, he said that's why it, you know, but of course we all know it just ran good because it was a Ford, right? Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Things I've never said for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> what kind of additive is he? I on? don't, he, had his own Revex or I know this was long before okay. those guys amalgamated so, yeah. yeah yeah from our previous yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. were big on that we interviewed some guys from a manufacturer of snake oil we'll call right. it well now. I don't I don't call I them know. snake oil I, I, do. I, mean, do. I don't mean no, the, no they no, even no. call it yeah, snake they, oil they, I, right. I, I called it snake <laughs> yeah, oil that's uh-huh. how we got started on it Danny and I arguing about right. whether or not it worked and no we talked to them and they they sold me on it I mean they didn't sell me enough for me to put it in my truck but if I if I drove anything but my truck I would. That's that's a fair way of phrasing. Well, the that. thing of it is, they've made tremendous advancements in oiling. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, the the additives are just the next thing of them or byproduct of the oil that they put tremendous amount of effort making better and better. So, yeah. and right. I'd, I'd say the same yeah. thing for them. They really, I had always thought of it as a joke. I was like, come on, I'm not wasting my money on that. And then when we talked to them, there's real science, there's real right. chemistry. They well, have you, real results. You to heard back well, it. how they came up with Slick Fifty? No. Supposedly, because the, when you sold a case of it, you made fifty. <laughs> so it was slick fifty. Wow, I like that. That's awesome. So, what are the drawbacks? What are the weak points or the problems that guys will run into with a seven three? Really, just the you know, as they as the time goes on, the injectors are going to get the clearances bigger and bigger. Injectors are going to leak and by, and and bypass fuel and oil, so the truck doesn't run good. And therefore, somebody's got to make a decision if they're going to. People call up, broom the truck, or they're going to put money in it. And unfortunately, injectors aren't cheap for that truck. How um, could they not be cheap? They made a million, I, billion of them, well, and they're everywhere. I think it's the marketing thing where it's really cost $30 to make, but they can sell them for 300 Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame because those trucks are great trucks, and that's one of the – that would be a drawback. You know, I think you're going to go home in my yeah, truck today. Yeah. I think you're just going to own it <laughs> oh, after this okay, episode. Yeah. yeah. No, here somebody buys an, a used truck. It doesn't run right. And and the first thing they realize, well, it needs new injectors, and there's $3,000. So that good deal they yeah. thought they got, yeah. it's not that good of a deal. It's not that good. Yeah. yeah. Well, the I mean, there's, there's places where you can get remaining injectors, but I always like to call them the rusty car. <laughs> in our area, 
Today you have a rusty car. You go bond to it, and tomorrow you still have a rusty car. So, <laughs> so true. We live in the Midwest. Yeah, it's horrible, right? And we have listeners from all over the country. Uh, we have a guy in Hawaii that uh, called in and uh, was talking to us earlier today. And I Absolutely. mean, it, people all over. So they, we, I like that. I don't people. think they know about rust. No, no, yeah, they don't. Not they, the way yeah, we yeah. Do. What do you mean your car rusted out? Yeah, <laughs> the Midwest. It's funny. Paint the first job. time I went to California, and I, I got out the airplane and looked outside waiting for somebody to pick me up. I'm like, wow, this is odd. I don't see any rusty cars. And there was old cars too driving around. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it just kills you, doesn't it? Right. You're like, Here you're like, you don't see any, you know, if it's something older than like, what, 95. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a rust bucket. Yeah. Yeah. She gone. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm, I'm dreaming about floor pans. I'd love to have them back. Uh, well, you just get a thicker carpeting. I did. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I did. No, that's not a joke. I did. And I put rubber down on top. I was like, I'll never yeah. put my foot through that. That'd be crazy. I have. Um, all right. Fred Flintstone over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get to work, Danny. Don't laugh. I had a truck like that, went out snow plowing, and I thought my feet were going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the heat still works in mine, because otherwise they would. All right. All right, Ron. I got a couple of questions for you. Danny and I got uh, just a couple framed out that we thought we'd have some fun with here. Okay. So what is the highest horsepower 7.3 you've ever worked on? Uh, 300. 300 horsepower. Yeah, that's the most. Yeah. Ah, this guy. <laughs> 2,500. Come on, quit playing. Yeah. No, 2,500 horsepower. Engine, yeah. dyno. Engine, yeah. dyno, 2,500 horsepower. It's a special built engine for truck pulling. It's got compound turbos, makes 160 or 180 pounds of boost. And what we did is it's uh, it's a Hypermax specially designed, every engine for that we designed. We took the Huey system off and we put a mechanical pump on Really? Yeah, it's got an eight-cylinder Robert Bosch pump with all our magic done to it. Of course, then it's got front, billet front cover, uh, different. We make the lines, the injectors, everything to put that thing right onto a seven-three. Matter of fact, we sell the whole kit, eleven thousand nine hundred dollars. That's insane. Yeah. So that particular engine made it's you know twenty-five hundred horse. Twenty. How big a turbos are you running on that? Uh, it's got two of them. One's a four-one, and one's I probably shouldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. For the super secret numbers. I can numbers. just say the 4.1 because that's the common one that people run in that. So right. there are our own turbochargers. It's, so, yeah, that engine, when it runs, it's uh, you don't hear the engine running. The turbocharger noise takes over. So <laughs> they're actually fun running. You know, after you run so many of the stock engines on the dyno, they just it's like people go, oh, can we hear the dyno run? I'm like, Go over to your truck, lift the hood, have somebody stand on the, sit in it, floor it, and look at the engine. That's what they do on the dyno. Uh, we tell yeah. we tell guys the yeah. same thing here. They come and they, they get on the chassis dyno, and guys are all excited. Yeah. I'm like, you realize the truck's not going to move. But the thing of it is, you got to bear in mind, if, no, if somebody's <laughs> never d- been there, it is kind of yeah. neat the first one. But it after is. the 10,000th time, it's not fun anymore. No, exactly. It's noisy. This, when yeah. this engine starts up, it it is still fun. Yeah. <laughs> to hear those turbochargers when they come on, and you know... Uh, it's gonna. It's making some power. So where can we see this truck uh, pulling at? Uh, this particular truck is actually based out of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, but you you guys have seen the low. Uh, this that truck there is a two charger truck. Right. We have another truck that's a single charger that runs locally here. It's in the Relentless Point. Oh, that's my favorite oh, yeah. truck. Yeah, yeah. So, my favorite yeah. truck. Yeah. So Even our guys, producer is jumping yeah, in. He's so like, yeah, no, knows, I've seen yeah, Relentless. Yeah. 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 So Relentless knows. truck isn't isn't that much horsepower because yeah. it's it has one. It is only allowed a one. Well, this new rules this year is yeah. a 3.6 uh, smoothbore turbocharger. So, 
Um, oh, fun. Yeah, and that's actually why I was late today is because we were running off some more turbochargers. Uh, trying to, we're trying to make that turbo go as good as it can go. So, yeah. And we sell turbochargers to other truck pullers, so we're constantly improving on it. You asked me about the Hueys. You asked the highest horsepower engine. Yeah. That was a mechanical pump engine that's specially built, okay? For the Huey-based system that anybody can put in their regular truck, yeah. though you could put a mechanical pump in your truck if you wanted to. Sure. Um, if you had but, an unlimited budget yeah, and no, no sense. Well, no, yeah. it's not necessarily unlimited, but uh, for the Huey-based system, it's basically a 1,000 horsepower on, en- on uh, with a Huey system. We make special we, – we modify the injector – to flow more fuel, way more fuel than the stock ones do. Right. And then with the right turbochargers, it'd be about a thousand horsepower truck. And that's something that you could drive every day, though it would be a little bit wicked. You could yeah. not daily yeah. drive a thousand horsepower Huey could. base yeah. mm-hmm. seven three. Yeah. Actually we've sold quite a few of those injectors and the and the guys who their big thing is these their rules make these people drive their truck to the track. <laughs> and this guy, one of the guys has, you know, fiberglass body. I mean it's all you know, a race truck. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not driving it like three hours to the track. You must like have a motel room right near the track. And he goes, yeah, we do. <laughs> but their rules are they have to drive it in there. So, you know, I get the idea of that. I, I think like when, when organizations write those rules, it's to kind of try to balance out the field. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, listen, if you have a purpose built truck, you can't be racing against the guy who drives it to work every day. But if the rule just makes me drive something that's unsafe yeah. on the road, because right. those trucks, and we've driven in a lot of thousand horsepower street trucks, they're not safe on the road. No, no, they're, they're crazy. They're no, they're crazy. no, you're right, right. Um, but what's funny is on the rules, they say, I'm like, what do you mean street legal? Oh, we have to have license and insurance. <laughs> well, what? <do> you <laughs> yeah. You could have that on anything, really, right? No, I we have to show it when we pull in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they won't let you hook unless you have it. Yeah, right, right. That's so crazy to me. We put... I've, we've seen Duramaxes and all sorts of things, Cummins trucks and all sorts of things, or Cummins motors and all sorts of things. Tell us something that you guys have put a 7.3 in that you thought was completely unorthodox. It's an interesting thing. Years ago, Navistar, when they were first coming out with this power stroke engine, they were proposed it to everybody. So we put a 7.3 in a Dodge. We put a 7.3 in a GMC. And we also put a 7.3 in a Humvee. Really? Yeah. And the and results it, were? Oh, uh, Ford got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ford, yeah. Uh-huh. Are you, I mean, have you been result, living in a cave, Paul? I mean, no, 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 no. We've well, also done some other things where we put engines in for marine applications for Navistar. And one of the interesting things was is that they wanted to make this V6 engine, which wouldn't be a 7.3. It's a smaller than that. Right. We took the 7.3 and cut cylinders out of it and made a show engine that looked just like a running engine. It was a V6. Really? Yeah, for them to propose it, and it, it didn't go, though. Right. So so you guys have worked with Navistar on, yeah. on engine mm-hmm. development and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, back in the day, we did a lot of stuff. Like one of the projects we did, we ran a 7.3 Power Stroke for 500 hours straight at 300 horsepower. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it lasted it for lasted. 500 hours? Yes. Yeah, lasted. So I figured out it'd be equivalent to somebody going down the road full throttle 
for 100,000 miles. <laughs> that they is are? four yeah. times around the world. <laughs> Literally, the circumference is 25,000 miles. It's four times around the world. That is wild. Yeah. What wide about, open. What about power limits? What do they have? Like, where are the weak points well, the, as we start to look at them? The, the 94 to 90, actually 94 to 99 and a half had forged rod engines. Those engines, you could probably put 500 horsepower, you know, borderline 600, no problems. Then in 99 and a half and later, they went to powder metal rods. Those rods like to break. And usually when they break, it's not good. So what's interesting, though, is we've had customers with stock engines break rods. And we've had customers with our 500 horsepower kits not break rods. But for the most part, if you're going to turn up a Ford with powder metal rods, you're going to break them. So, and usually, usually you want to fix that before they break. And because when they break, they usually damage a lot of stuff. Right. Right. Ounce of prevention, right? A little pride. (laughs) Okay. How about we throw some examples out there to you and you give us some, some ideas of maybe what our next step is or what we should do. Okay. So what your, your, what year is your truck in? 95? 95. Okay. Your truck's a 95. Perfect candidate. It's actually, it's our first example. I have this written down. This is the most prep we've ever done. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to put a chip on it. Okay. Okay. And then that's going to bump the truck up to 300 horse. Okay. And then you're going to put it, we and Hypermax manufactures all this stuff in house. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited now. He's smiling finally. Yeah, you're going you. to put an intercooler on the truck because that truck does not have an intercooler. Ooh, Paul. Yeah. Damn. So our intercooler kit comes with all the parts for you to just drive your truck in your driveway, simple hand tools, and you can put the intercooler kit in. So you're going to put it, uh, Take the compressor, put it. We have a compressor housing or a casting that bolts onto the compressor housing. And then we have a new intake manifold crossover pipe. And then you have intercooler pipes that go up to the front where the intercooler is. Nice big, big core that cools that thing down. So, what are the benefits of an intercooler for our new listeners? Okay. So, the right, the intercooler cools the charge air from the compressor, which is usually three or 400 degrees down to ambient air temperature. And so that means that instead of the engine eating 400-degree air temperature, it's going to eat ambient air temperature. So as, as so we, the air will be yeah, more condensed. Yes. Well, it's cooler. Right. Yeah. So just imagine like today, what does it feel like? It's 100 degrees outside because yeah, okay, of humidity. Right. But uh, So if you're driving around with 400-degree air temperature going in there and you lower it to 100, what does that do? Makes the thing more efficient. Yeah. You're going to pick up mileage. And, of course, then it lowers EGTs. Right. Well, now that you lowered those EGTs, you're going to want to get modified injectors. Of course. I need yeah, to get them back up. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the modified injectors do what? They make more power. Yeah. Yeah. That's a byproduct. Yeah. I just happened to right. have that happen. So that – and then you're going to change the downpipe to a new downpipe. Okay. And then, then on that particular truck, we offer a four-inch exhaust. Okay. Okay. So that would be – that is – Stage one kit bumps your truck up to 350 horsepower and about five or six hundred foot pounds, five fifty to six hundred foot pounds of torque. Ooh, yeah, that truck right there is the perfect truck for that setup. It makes that thing look. The truck's a nice looking truck, and now it performs as good as it should. That those trucks. He hasn't that, seen my truck. That, for for any listeners who have seen my truck, he hasn't seen my truck. Oh, but trust me, yeah. But that, it, it, that the kit there, bay will look so nice that kit with that right kit. there, you're okay. going to pick up that horsepower. You're going to drive around, tow your trailers. You're going to probably pick up one to three miles fuel economy as well. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And what? he's going to do all this and still not change his oil, Ron. Yeah, right. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's probably a true story. Okay. How about when I want to get ballsy? Where do I go from there? Now I'm at, so, now I'm at 300 yeah, to 350. Yeah. So the next step is another injector modification. They flow more fuel and you're going to get the Hypermax H2 turbo kit. Okay. And depending on the levels of, of, of stage two injectors that we do for you, we can get up to 500 horsepower. So now I'm at the limit of my rods. Uh, well, no, not on yours because you got the forge rods. Oh, I'm sorry, I have yeah. the forge rods. Yeah. So I got another hundred horsepower to spare yeah. <laughs> before I'm. Well, see the before, thing my, before right, I don't get married. Right. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there, though, you're at probably the limits of the transmission having issues. Okay. So 500 horsepower guys can put that on their thing, drive around every day, tow trailers, hot rod, race, do whatever they want. Still good work, good work running truck. That's awesome. Yeah. The next step up after that is our bigger injectors. Now you're getting. More from what I call the street trucks to the race trucks. And so it's interesting how, you know, some people like want those race trucks to drive them on the street and get few, wonder why they're not getting 20 miles per gallon like their friend is. I'm like, you're burning out at every stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> never met one of those guys. <laughs> you are one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I never met one. Never, ever. Okay. Okay. So now, now I'm getting ballsy with it. Now I'm getting into race truck territory. I got the H2. Did I get that right? Yeah, H2, H2 turbo Hypermax kit. H2 kit. Yeah, Hypermax H2 kick. I got an intercooler up front. I got an exhaust, a downpipe, a chip. I've gone through two stages of injectors. Correct. Um, what's next, man? What, uh, let's blow this thing up. Where, where do we go? Well, then now, now you're probably going to have to take the engine apart. You're going to oh, have to get okay. special head gaskets. We make special head gaskets for that truck, and you're going to have to change to our Hypermax connecting rods. We actually made forging dies. So we make our own rods. Now you can go up to the whatever horsepower level you want with our rods. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like the term unlimited. And then, then you're gonna you're then it's debatable if you're gonna do things with you know changing pistons or how far you really want to go. I mean right. that that inline pump engine you know that has special pistons in there, different camshaft, all the all the hypermatch magic that we can work over on that. Right. Sprinkle the fairy dust and go. Yeah, I got it. it. So that's what the interesting thing is, is that you can take the Huey injectors and go make a thousand horsepower and still technically drive the truck on the road. Right. To make the next step of injectors, it's, it's very, very costly. And it puts you into the realm of getting an inline pump. The mechanical pump, one of the neatest things about it, or one of the things about Huey injectors, they're going to flow the fuel they can flow. When they leave our shop, you're not making them flow anymore. Right. Okay, the mechanical pump has a little screw on the back, and all you do is put your Allen sets Allen in there, and if you want more fuel, you turn it up, I just like it. that. So you could go take your truck, and if you're racing with it, and you're running a running a class, you don't need to kill the engine. Turn it down, go out and win. Somebody shows up with a harder truck, turn the pump up, and away you go, just like that. So there's a lot of other things out on the market that will compete with your Hypermax chip. You got a TS chip. You've got an Edge Juice with Attitude. You got a, maybe uh, some other box programmers. What are you guys doing different with your chip compared to everybody else? Well, see, the th we have engine-mounted dynos. We can run those engines all day long. We have special cooling systems. Like I said, we ran one for 500 hours yeah, straight. Yeah, no kidding. So when we go and tune engines, we can tune it at any RPM and hold it there for time. So we so one of the th first things I did when I was there was running fuel curves, and if everybody anybody's done running fuel curves, it's got to be one of the most boring things in the world <laughs> to sit there and just have the engine go, oh, take data, shut, turn it up, put more load up, turn more RPM, so we can run fuel curves, and that's how we made our chips by running the dyno, loading it at certain RPMs, and then running the engine up higher and putting more loads, and time after time after time changing the calibration. 
of the fuel and timing curve. So we knew that we were using the least amount of fuel and making the most amount of horsepower. And so the claim to fame is just that. Make, and lowering, e, we almost, our chips ran 200 degrees lower EGTs than anybody else. Wow. That's awesome. So do you yeah. guys have a special chip for each stage of injector or is it just no, one we chip just, for everything? One chip okay. can do it all. Yeah. Gotcha. That's awesome. You know, I really like those principles, Danny. It's a lot of the stuff that we talk about to customers over at Duramax Tuner is that let's put the R&D in. Let's make sure this is right before it goes out to customers. That's one of the things that I think of why Hypermax has been around so long. You guys aren't exactly a new company to the market, but I think that's one of those that has kind of proven to stand the test of time. Well, one of the things is we don't sell fluff. Right. If it doesn't, if it doesn't do something that is legitimately going to make somebody impressive with the power, we don't make it. I mean, anybody can sell fuzzy dice that say Power Stroke Seven Three, but <laughs> if somebody wants to buy some product that really does what they say it do, and of course, n- how many people can say that have a thirty day unconditional money back guarantee? Period. Yeah. So when people call up and they're asking, they say, "Well, I just tell them." 30 days. If you're not happy with it, send it back. We'll give you all your money back. And nobody takes advantage of that. It's respectable. That's awesome. What's your favorite setup? If you were going to build your own personal 7.3 to be anything you could with no budget and it comes out of Danny's pocket, what would you build? I would take the inline pump kit and I'd make a street rod out of it. Really? Yeah. The only thing is I'm a total, I like side pipes. And that's one thing you can't do with the diesel because you're going to run it right up the top Probably yeah. run stacks with with a street so the engine could stay there. The inline pump is an impressive package. Really? Yeah, and and, and, and as well as performance as well. I'm, yeah. I just hate to tell you, Ron, that if you're using my money, you might only get like one side pipe. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'd build a street. I'd build a street rod pickup truck with stacks coming out of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that idea. We've seen some pretty cool stuff out there for street rods and hot rods and the old uh, the old rat rods. I keep seeing those around. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that's really making a big push back into the market. For sure. Awesome. What, uh, if you could say is anything, what's the best mod for the money? The chip. Yeah. The okay. chip. Same yeah. as a Duramax, same yeah. as a Cummins then. You yeah. got to tune them. Yeah. Didn't Just Cliff because... Hutton have a 7.3 with a uh, Hypermax in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cliff Hutton. So one, one of the guys we just interviewed has a big jacked up monster truck, tractor tires and everything. And, uh, I mean, he's he looks in people's second story windows from the cab of the truck, right? And all he has done to it is a hypermax chip. That's the, an he exhaust. He should call up and get the inline pump. Yeah, that, I keep telling him <laughs> yeah. to put some power to that thing. Yeah, we'll send him your way, Ron. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely, Ron. If people hear this episode and they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, call us on our phone number eight four seven four two eight five six five five, or check us out on the internet. It's gohypermax.com. Awesome. Well, this has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. You can also contact the hosts of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Paul Wilson can be reached at extension 2122. His email is paul at duramaxtuner.com. For Danny Voss, dial extension 2124. His email is danny at calibratedpower.com. <laughs> never met one of those guys. <laughs> you are one of those guys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I never met one. Never, ever. <laughs>